The free agent frenzy has died down, and the Kings still have some issues to iron out before we can focus on this year's roster. Plus, we'll take a closer look at the Kings' first player taken in this year's draft forward, Jack Hughes. It's Thursday, July 14th. I'm Eddie Garcia. This is Locked On LA Kings, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On LA Kings your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. So no real news to talk about involving the LA Kings today. Of course, that doesn't mean there aren't things to discuss and talk about, but we're still waiting for an update on the four restricted free agents that are left to be signed. They are, to refresh your memory, defenseman Mikey Anderson and Sean Dursey and forwards Gabe Velarde and Jarrett Anderson Dolan. Each player has been given a qualifying offer, but what exactly is a qualifying offer? Just don't want to assume that you know what that's all about. So here is the official definition of a qualifying offer. A qualifying offer is an official standard player contract offer, which is for one year in length, which can't be subject to salary arbitration should the player be eligible. By the way, none of those four players are arbitration eligible. Submitting a qualifying offer gives the club the right to first refusal to match any potential offer sheet submitted by another team or receive draft pick compensation. If the player rejects the qualifying offer, they remain a restricted free agent and their rights are retained by the team. The qualifying offer is calculated from the player's base salary and at minimum must meet the season's minimum salary requirements. If the player does not sign before December 1st, he is ineligible to play in the NHL for the remainder of the season. So again, that's the book definition of what a qualifying offer is. Um, But it is interesting. They brought up offer sheet in that. And that is something that we don't see a lot in the NHL. I think unfortunately so, because it does make things very interesting, but offer sheets uh, don't happen very often. If you paid attention to this now in the last nine years, it has happened four times and only one time did the team not match the offer and let the player walk for compensation. And that was last year when the Carolina Hurricanes made a qualifying offer to Canadians forward Jesperi Kokaniemi. Montreal decided not to match and received draft picks in return. The other three times that it has happened, uh, the other teams matched the offer sheets. Shea Weber was given an offer by the Flyers. The Predators matched it. Ryan O'Reilly was given an offer by the Flames, and the Avalanche matched that. And Sebastian Ajo was given an offer by the Canadiens, with the Hurricanes matching it, and that actually probably led to the Hurricanes the next year giving the qualifying offer to Yasperi Kotkaniemi. So it uh, it created a bit of a rivalry there when there really was no reason to be a rivalry between the Canadians and the Hurricanes. Uh, there was an article by Travis Yost of TSN.com uh, written about the LA Kings a couple weeks ago that talked about how vulnerable they were after the Kevin Fiala signing and he suggested a team should make offer sheets uh, to uh, offers to Adrian Kempe and Mikey Anderson, uh, thinking that the Kings would be able only to keep one of those players. Well, they've since obviously signed Adrian Kempe, so that that theory may be moot at this point. But but it's still possible that somebody could make an offer sheet to Mikey Anderson, obviously a very talented young defensive oriented defenseman. But it is unlikely to happen. It is it is interesting that it seems that uh, teams are almost afraid to do this, which it's interesting because if you think about it, I mean, all these teams are in competition w- with each other. Why would they be worried about offending another team or upsetting another team? And I think we, we kind of got the answer recently. We talked about the offer sheet that the Canadians made to Hurricane star Sebastian Ajo. 
that didn't sit well with Carolina because they had to match that contract offer that was made because they were there was no way they were going to let Sebastian Ajo go. Um, and so the next year, they made a move in retaliation uh, to sign Yasperi Kotkanemi to an offer sheet. But, I mean, while that is good for us fans uh, and people in the media because it's fun to to talk about those types of things, and I think it's it's interesting and fun to obviously create these rivalries to have some bad blood between organizations, but you can understand why generally speaking, uh, a lot of teams don't want to do this because they want to have good relationships with other teams. They want teams to make deals with them uh, in the future. Uh, Are the Canadians and hurricanes going to make deals with each other anytime soon? Probably not. Although there is new management in Montreal, which actually has a Kings tie in. that we'll talk about a little bit later, but it it, it is very interesting. I, I, I wonder if this would ever happen, and it does have me, you know, in a sick way, almost wishing it would happen. And that would be the Anaheim Ducks or the LA Kings uh, would, would, would make an offer sheet to each other's players. Uh, now, those two teams don't do a lot of wheeling and dealing with each other. Um, you know, I guess for obvious reasons, it's, it's not like the two organizations have a lot of bad blood necessarily. I think there's certainly a rivalry because of the fan bases way more than anything that has really happened on the ice. Of course, they have met once in the playoffs, and fortunately that was an L.A. Kings victory on the way to winning their second Stanley Cup. But, you know, that that Ducks rivalry, if you want to call it that, it, it would, it, it, there's something about, you know, that rivalry seems to need a shot in the arm to me. Like I said, there there is a rivalry, rivalry between the fan bases. There is the whole L.A. Orange County thing. But when you watch them play, do you really feel like there's any bad blood on the ice? It really isn't there. And uh, I think that's that's unfortunate that that passion and that bad blood between the fan bases hasn't really translated on the ice. And this would be something, I think, that could stoke the fires of that rivalry. I don't think it's going to happen, but it would it would be interesting to see because... Like I said, the Kings and Ducks don't do business often. I don't think the two organizations really care about upsetting one another. Uh, and and that would kind of take that rivalry, I think, possibly to another level. But I don't think we'll see it. I don't think we'll see uh, an offer sheet that is going to be sent out there to a guy like Mikey Anderson, even though that was suggested in an article uh, that I read recently. So like I said, we're still waiting to see how this all works out with these four players still yet to be signed. And, you know, I was I was mentioning a couple episodes ago that I was I was happy with the re-signing of Alex Edler, the veteran defenseman, uh, because, you know, I could understand why uh, a veteran defenseman like that would be an asset uh, for depth on the blue line. And then I had mentioned on yesterday's show that I was fine with the signing of Brendan Lemieux, that I thought that there was still elements of his game that make him a unique player and that there were still... Um, there was still a reason to have a player like that on the Kings roster. As I've kind of gone back and thought about it, though, now, I I certainly hope that signing those two guys doesn't in any way come at the expense of being able to retain any of those four younger players. Now, Alex Edler's 36 years old. He is at the pretty much at the end of his NHL career. Yeah, he does have value with leadership, and he can still play. You like that experience and depth on the blue line. And I mentioned Brendan Lemieux. He's 26 years old, but he does have some skill set that some of those other younger guys 
you know, they don't really have. But when you talk about asset management, um, you've got Mikey Anderson, who's 23, Gabe Velarde is 22, Sean Dursey is 23, and Jarrett Anderson Dolan is 22. Those are guys, we, we feel like we know what we have in Mikey Anderson. He's going to be our top pairing defenseman along with Drew Doughty going forward. Sean Dursey opened a lot of eyes, uh, showed a lot of talent last season, and I think he's definitely a guy that you want to hold on to. I know a lot of people may be down on Gabe Velarde, but he is only 22 years old. He is transitioning from the center position to wing, and there's still an unknown quality there about him. Whether he can get the ice time at the NHL level to, to prove he's a legitimate NHL player remains to be seen. Uh, and then Jared Anderson Dolan's kind of in the, in the same boat there. Um, he has had some talent. He's had a few call up call ups here and there, but still Velarde and Anderson, very young players um, who still have their best hockey ahead of them. So we'll see how it all ends out. Uh, I, I certainly think the Kings uh, know what they're doing, had a plan in place when they decided to retain Alex Edler and Brendan Lemieux and still felt like they could get Mikey Anderson, Gabe Velarde, Sean Dursey and Jared Anderson Dolan signed as well, but we still need to see how it plays out. And I'll be very interested to see how that all goes. Again, if you're not up to date on the salary cap situation for the Kings, and by the way, you can find out all this great information at capfriendly.com. It is a great website. You can find out all kinds of stuff about the salary cap, but the Kings are at 80.1 million against the cap. Their projected cap space is only 2.3 million to sign four players. So we'll see again how that all works out. Now the Kings can go over the salary cap during the off season. They would need to be compliant with the salary cap once the season starts. So again, they could go over the cap and then figure out how to make it all work once the season starts. But anyway, that's where the Kings stand at this point. Um, and, and I'm very curious to see how it does pan out going forward. I did want to mention um, that, uh, obviously, if you're an L.A. Kings fan, you watched the team last year, there have been some players that have found new homes. And uh, we uh, said goodbye to uh, three of our unrestricted free agents, uh, forward Andreas Anthonisiu, defenseman Ole Mata, and defenseman Troy Stetcher, Anthonisiu, who uh, was a guy that was, at, at times, really dynamic for the Kings with that speed that he has, but... Um, not a real surprise that the Kings decided not to retain him. Uh, he gets a one-year deal worth $3 million to join the Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, veteran defenseman Oli Mata gets a one-year deal worth $2.5 million. Uh, he signs with the Detroit Red Wings. And defenseman Troy Stetcher, who the Kings picked up at the trade deadline, gets a one-year $1.25 million deal with the Arizona Coyotes. Again, not a surprise the Kings decided not to retain any of those three players, uh, as far as, uh, you know, Ole Mata or, or Alex Edler, um, Edler, you know, re-signed on a, a deal less than a million dollars. There are some uh, incentives there to boost up that number, but Ole Mata was going to you know, fetch a bit of a, a higher price. And so the Kings decided to go with the, the cheaper option and Edler certainly could understand that. Uh, Ole Mata, his first year with LA wasn't very good last year. He was a little bit better, but I think the Kings expected a little bit more from him and, and decided to, uh, to step away. From him, so again, best of luck to Andrea, Andreas Anthony, to see you, Olimata, and Troy Stetcher, uh, some former Kings who have found new homes recently in the NHL. Now I'm getting a little bit older up there. I'm uh, in my early fifties, and and if you haven't reached that point yet in your life, you will find out, unfortunately, that things don't uh, regenerate quite as uh, as they used to. Uh, things just it takes a little bit longer. 
to get things going. And so that is why I am uh, pleased to have been introduced to Athletic Greens. Uh, what is this stuff? Well, just one delicious scoop of AG1, and you are absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and antigens to help start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy recovery, focus, and aging, all of these things. It costs less than $3 a day, so you're investing in your health, and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. And Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews, and it's even recommended by professional athletes. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. Just one scoop in a cup of water every day, and that's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL network. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash NHL network. Take ownership over your health and pick up your ultimate daily nutritional insurance. So mentioned the free agent frenzy has calmed down a bit. I know there's still a couple of big names out there. Nazem Kadri, John Klingberg, to name a couple of them. But uh, as we mentioned, the Kings are, are pretty much set. And now we can focus on the future of the LA Kings and their seven selections in last week's NHL draft. Today, we're going to look at the Kings' first selection, not in the first round, but their first selection, 51st overall, second round, and that was Jack Hughes, a forward out of Northeastern University in Boston. Um, as you probably already know, it is he's not related in any way to the more famous Hughes family, the three first-round draft picks, uh, Jack and Luke of New Jersey and uh, Quinn with Vancouver. But you might know that our Jack Hughes is the son of current Montreal Canadiens GM Kent Hughes. Uh, Jack Hughes uh, is 19 years old, six foot, 169 pounds. He was slotted seventh among North American skaters in the NHL Central Scouting midterm rankings. He did fall to 26th on the final list, played 39 games for the Huskies, and finished with seven goals and 16 points. According to a story in The Athletic, Northeastern coach Jerry Keefe said that Hughes played roughly 18 to 20 minutes a night in almost every situation, despite starting the college season as a 17-year-old, making him the youngest freshman to play NCAA college hockey last year. The Athletics' Corey Pronman said of Hughes that his skating is a work in progress and he'll need to improve for the NHL jump. He lacks ideal speed for the NHL, and the pace of play uh, will be a test for him. But again, that will come uh, for any player who's obviously still 18 and developing and growing and I know that uh, Jack Hughes has said that he knows that he needs to get bigger and stronger to play at the NHL level. Mark Unetti is the longtime director of amateur scouting for the LA Kings. He said he thought Hughes would go somewhere in the 26 to 33 range of the draft, so he was very happy to get him at 51. He said that he considers him a high-confidence pick, which means that he does believe that at some point he will play at the NHL level. Mark Unetti added that, Jack Hughes has, quote, a high hockey IQ. He's got instincts and feel. He sees the game uh, and the way he moves the puck, the way he recognizes space. His sense got him through that league, talking about playing in college, and he was able to play some second-line minutes as a freshman for a top team in the country. His sense really drives his game, end quote. Again, that was Mark Unetti, the Kings director of amateur scouting. Uh Jack Hughes is a product of the U.S. National Developmental Program, which has been so successful over the last couple of years. I think they had six or seven players taken in the first round of this year's draft. So 
A lot of great things to say about Jack Hughes. I love the things that have been said about him. I love that he comes from a hockey family. He's been around the game uh, at a high level for a long time with his his dad, Kent, again, now the new GM with the Canadians. But before that, he was a longtime player agent. So uh, there's no doubt Jack Hughes has been around a lot of high-level uh, hockey players in his growing up. I wouldn't be surprised if he even skated along some of these professionals that his father represented uh, over the years. So I love what they're saying about Jack Hughes as far as his intangibles, as far as his hockey sense, those types of things that really can't be taught, those things you develop over time, being around the game and playing at certain levels. I love the fact that at a very young age, he went up against college players, probably in their early 20s, some of them, and from all accounts, did not miss a beat uh, going up against older players that will certainly serve him well and probably is serving him well as he takes part in the King's developmental camp now going up against some older players and and once uh, you know the rookie camp opens and whatnot uh, that competitive instinct that he has certainly again will be an asset for him so a lot of good things being said about Jack Hughes the King's uh, pick this year their first pick in the second round uh, it looks like he is going to be a player that once he kind of grows into his body gets a little bit bigger and stronger could be a guy that we see on the ice in an L.A. Kings jersey here uh, in the next few years. He's going to go back to Northeastern for his sophomore season this coming year. But uh, looking forward to see how Jack Hughes develops over time. And uh, eventually, hopefully, if we don't see him in L.A. Kings uniform, he could be a, 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 an asset and a piece that could be moved to bring in uh, more proven talent. But uh, certainly hoping great things are ahead for Jack Hughes. If you're wondering, like I was, how the Kings have fared with their second round draft picks in recent history. Uh, not too bad. Um, you know, I think a lot of times we get hung up on those number one picks and understandably so because those are generally speaking the more talented players, but just looking over past drafts for the LA Kings, uh, you can go back to 20, or 2007. Uh, the Kings took Wayne Simmons in the second round. The next year they took Slava Voinov. That's certainly Worked out well until he ran into his off-the-ice troubles. The next year, they took Kyle Clifford. The next year, they took Tyler Toffoli. So, again, the second-round picks uh, for the LA Kings over over the recent history are guys that went to the NHL level and, and obviously were proven players, helping the Kings win some Stanley Cups. Uh, there was Eric Chernak, by the way. He was a second-round pick of the Kings in 2015. Uh, if you're not familiar with him, uh, he was traded to Tampa Bay in the Ben Bishop deal. That one did not work out for the Kings, but Eric Chernak has gone on to win a couple of Stanley Cups in Tampa Bay. has been a very good player for them, and I believe he just signed an, a, a long-term extension in Tampa Bay. So that pick did work out for the Kings. Now, he didn't end up playing for the Kings, but that player that was selected turned out to be an NHL-level player. Uh, as far as some of the recent second-round picks for the Kings, uh, in 2016, they took Kale Clegg. Another guy who's not with the Kings organization anymore, but he is playing at the NHL level. So that pick hit. Uh, Jarrett Anderson Dolan was a second round pick in 2017. Akil Thomas, a second round pick in 2018. Arthur Kaliev, second round pick in 2019. He's certainly already turned into, I think, a legitimate NHL player. We'll still see about Akil Thomas, a lot of a talent there. And Jarrett Anderson Dolan has gotten some time uh, in the NHL with the Kings as well. So not bad history for the LA Kings hitting uh, with their second round draft picks in recent years. You know, I, I play hockey, uh, not real well, uh, but I do play on a couple of beer league hockey teams. I love it, but like I said, I am getting a little older and sometimes I need something to give me an extra boost before I hit the ice. And when that's the case, I reach for a built bar, not just any built bar. I go for the new 
coconut brownie chunk built bar with marshmallow. It's like a fluffy cloud of coconut brownie goodness, and it's good for you. Low calorie, low sugar, high protein, and all delicious coconut brownie chunk chunk puffs are only here for a limited time so go to builtbar.com now and make sure you don't miss out all built bars are made with collagen protein which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of health benefits eat something that tastes good and is good for you go to built.com to order your box of coconut brownie chunk built puffs and when you go to built.com use promo code locked 15 and get 15 percent off your order again that is promo code locked 15 So Thursday was day four of the Kings Developmental Camp at the Toyota Sports Performance Center in El Segundo. Day five and the final day of camp is coming up on Friday, tomorrow, and I plan on being out there. I am really looking forward to getting out and checking out the final scrimmage and hopefully uh, posting some pictures and video of that event. And uh, if we can, maybe get an interview or two as well. Uh, Get to chat with some of the the great young stars that are going to be on display out there at uh, the Toyota Sports Center in El Segundo and uh, get a first-hand look at, uh, at some of the young players that the Kings are hoping will be the bright future going forward of the LA Kings. Six of our seven draft picks from this year's draft are out there at the development, develop, developmental camp, uh, as well as a couple of former number one picks like Quentin Byfield and Brant Clark as well. So again, excited to get out there and check out some of this uh, this good young talent for the LA Kings and just kind of get a feel and see what they do on the ice. And uh, I'll let you know about it on tomorrow's show, what I saw and what I heard. And uh, we'll go from there. So I want to invite you to keep up to date with this show and what's going on with the LA Kings by following us on Twitter. The Twitter account is at locked on LA Kings. Again, at locked on LA Kings is the Twitter account. Like I said, I'll be posting some videos and pictures from the developmental camp tomorrow. Uh, If you would like to send me an email with any comments or thoughts on the Kings or on this show, the email address is LockedOnEddie, that's E-D-D-I-E, LockedOnEddie at gmail.com. I am planning on having a listener email segment on future shows, so feel free to check in and let your thoughts be be heard. Uh, On Friday's episode, like I said, be giving you you my thoughts on uh, the developmental camp. Uh, there in El Segundo. So looking forward to that. And I want to thank you for making Locked on LA Kings your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Locked on NHL. Locked on experts give you a daily 30-minute podcast on all things NHL all year long. Stay up to date on everything in hockey with Locked on NHL, your daily 30-minute NHL podcast. Once again, thank you very much for listening. I'm Eddie Garcia. Go Kings go.